It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here for Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus, also as well, inside sports, fantasy football. We cover the latest news and notes right before championship weekend. So go ahead and check out our thoughts on the AFC and NFC championship games on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well, the guys from Lakerholics.com. They were here on the pregame many hours ago, seemingly. Go ahead and check out what they have to say, and they're sure they're happy right now. Go ahead and check out what they have to say at Lakerholics.com. Plus a good friend, Joe Soro, who'll be on in a minute. At 11 o'clock will be his nightcap. Have a nightcap with Joe Soro at 11 p.m. Pacific. Go ahead and watch his new show right there right here on the Lakers Fast Break Network. He is also Ox1947 at LakersBall.com and, of course, Simblades, his company that he owns, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Of course, big shout-out to everyone that helps us out in this great part of what we do here, including John Costa at Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. Also, as well, Lakers in 5, Empire Jeff TV, the John McCallion Channel, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, and speaking of great channels, you need to support with a great victory today, please support us by going ahead and liking, subscribing, following, doing whatever you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, the Lakers started off the Grammy trip in San Francisco, the Chase Center, national TV prime time against the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. And what would happen and what we would see was something truly Entertaining, per se, and probably what will go down as one of the most entertaining games of the NBA season. Back and forth they went. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. Even in that third quarter alone, when the Golden State Warriors went up by 15 and the Lakers looked lethargic and had no answer for a little while, the Lakers came storming back as they closed out on a big run to get within one. And then the fourth quarter, the Lakers took over and it looked like the Lakers were going to pull it out. But the Lakers, unfortunately, had to stretch it out a little bit longer, which meant that the Lakers had to go not into just one overtime, 
but they had to go into two overtimes and a double overtime in one of, again, the most exciting games of the NBA season. The Lakers do win. They escape San Francisco on two clutch free throws from LeBron James, who scored 36 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. The first 30, 20, 10 for Los Angeles Lakers since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1976. And the Lakers do win 145 to 144. And here today to go ahead and talk about the game, some great guys indeed. They were a great part of what we did at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for our simulcast, along with you out there. So many great people on Facebook, YouTube, also playback as well. It is the guys right here, including a big shout out to Laker Nick and Sean. Hopefully he'll be on his way as well. He's having a cigarillo, I think, after what went on right now. But it is the first up, first man here. It is a returning Stone Hansen and Stone. Great to have you here, my friend. Uh, there were some Really nervous times for us. Will we win? Would we go to another OT? It just seemed like it was a very much back and forth type of game. Poor decision making down the stretch at times kept this game going a little bit longer than it needed to. But once again, we pull out the victory, a close one and a good way to start the Grammy trip zone. Gerald, I was just happy to be entertained. Uh, this was the most entertaining game of the season for us. Uh, it's been a lot of, you know, uh, sort of doom and gloom, I guess, for the majority of the season. But it was nice to be able to just enjoy a fun, good game. Uh, so I was I was excited about that. Doesn't really change my outlook for the rest of the season, but I'm just happy to be entertained at this point. And I think this was probably the best game of the season. So uh, I had a lot of fun watching it with you guys. Absolutely. We enjoyed it with you. You provide such great insight with us and absolutely cannot thank you enough for doing it. Once again, the Lakers do win 145 to 144. But let me, before we bring it back to Joe, let me ask you this. The decision making at times was quite perplexing, especially what I noted out. I really thought that at the end of the first overtime, they had a chance and opportunity to end it right there by fouling Draymond Green when he had the ball before he passed it to Curry, who hit a tying three-pointer to send this game to a double overtime. Your thoughts on the mistakes made by Ham, who made this game a lot longer than it should have been. So. I thought that was for Joe. I was reading the comments. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was a lot of mistakes, I think. A lot of missed foul calls in the overtimes in the fourth quarter. Um, I think this, as entertaining as it was, this is a pretty sloppy game from both teams and the refs. Uh, I think uh, there is the missed call, uh, two missed flagrants, I think, on Draymond. Yes. Uh, and then, obviously, the clay call people are upset about. There's, uh, there's a lot, I think, uh, that last two-minute report, but I guess it's going to be like last 30-minute no, report with all the uh, – um, overtimes is going to be quite long because I think there's a lot of mistakes that were made. I don't think it's anything new <laughs> at this point, right? Like we've watched a lot of Laker games, been disappointed by a lot of the calls. Um, <clears throat> a lot of ham mistakes in this one. Like that's that the reason it went to as many overtimes as it did is because of Darvin Ham. Um, but I don't want to spend the night roasting him. Uh, I just want to enjoy this victory because I had a lot of fun watching it, but definitely sloppy from all parties involved this game, I think. Once again, 
The Lakers do win 145 to 144. Also here today, good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Simblades, simbladeswithawide.com. And don't forget his Lakers nightcap. Have a nightcap with Joe Soro tonight at 11 p.m. Pacific time. It is Joe Soro. Joe, back and forth. Uh, frustrating game at times. Both you and I got upset at, you know, just the way the, the calls were going against the Lakers. And also as well, the coaching was absolutely uh, porous at times at by Darvin Ham. But the Lakers overcame that with outstanding performances from LeBron. A gutty performance from AD who got popped by Draymond Green. Who else in the, let's just say, lower regions? But it's also D'Angelo hitting some clutch shots down the stretch. Your thoughts on tonight's game, my friend. Well, looking at it from a non-Laker perspective, if I was just watching this, these two teams play, I would have been, I would have said that the NBA product gave us a game for the ages tonight because you have LeBron James, an all-time great. You have Steph Curry, an all-time great. And they put on a show. They put on a show tonight worthy of how great they are. And that should be appreciated. This game should be put, even though it's a regular season game, should be put in in the record books as one of the top games to see uh, when 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 Steph Curry and LeBron James are involved. You know, when you have when you have a game like this where you have a lot of screens and a lot of movement and a lot of you know shooters, <laughs> it's difficult. This is the time when it, it is difficult to 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 officiate. I think the the issues with officiating, at least for me, is is uh, time. I think they waste a lot of time deciding things. Uh, I think those who are uh, making the decisions on fouls are usually out of position versus the one that's in position that doesn't call the uh, the infraction. So those are those are some of the things. Those are really the main reasons why I get on the refs. But tonight, I just uh, I didn't feel like the, the refs at least as a whole really had uh, any, any, any detriment to this game. I think Darvin Ham's inability to set up a defense the correct way um, and tell his guys that they need to stop going on the screens when they're playing people like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, those are the type of things. And maybe he did tell them and they didn't listen or they're not able to execute. You know, those are the type of things that, we don't know 100%. We're going off just what we're seeing. But aside from all that, uh, I want to thank LeBron James in the last two uh, possessions to try and win the game. Thank you for going to the basket. Thank you for not passing it out. Um, Did what that, you always wanted him to do, Joe. Yes, and that, and that little fade, that little fade shot might have looked like a bad shot, but it actually almost went in. Uh, LeBron James, you're arguably the greatest player of all time. Uh, I'd rather risk you shooting something like that, being who you are, than throwing the ball to Vando for an open shot. I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. Um, and then, of course, the, the play here that won the game was uh, – it, 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 it always, it's always a good thing when LeBron gets to the basket. And Draymond Green actually had a – had a, he, he fouled him smartly because if not, uh, he would have hit that layup and the Lakers would have won uh, without the free throws. And then, of course, the free throws. LeBron, I don't think you hit the net. I don't even think you hit the, the rims on those two free throws. Congratulations on that. 
and he he had been interviewed uh, right after the game. And uh, once in a great while, man, these sideline reporters will ask a good question. And she said, right out of the gate, "Are you tired, LeBron?" <laughs> and I and he goes, "Actually, no, I'm not." <laughs> and I was like, "Cool, cool. That's 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 something that that's music to my ears." Um, if he, even if he was lying, I think that's a good way to answer that question. Great question, great answer. And then again, uh, one of the all-time great games that we will see uh, from, uh, from, a, from two greats, guys like Steph Curry and then LeBron James. And I'm happy that we were able to be together here and watch. Uh, watch uh, I'm telling you guys, man, this is, this is, this is going to be a, a game that will, that, that will be remembered. It was an epic game. Double overtimes are not the norm. On primetime television. On primetime television with two of, of the best players of their era. There's no argument that 46 Curry, points for Curry tonight. And they both were integral parts of why things went the way they went. And I just, I, I, I'm happy to be an NBA fan tonight, which has not been the, uh, the, that's not been the case for a very long time here. Um, and with that, uh, it's a good, good, good start to the road trip. I, 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 I I'm, I'm, feeling a little bit excited now. I'm hoping that AD's not seriously hurt. I hope LeBron can muster enough energy to, to be ready for Monday. And of course, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to definitely sit <laughs> on, on, uh, on Tuesday. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro and Stone Hansen, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. The Lakers do win in double overtime, 145 to 144. The Lakers are now 24 and 23 above 500 right now so hopefully they can continue that progression upwards they are still in ninth place in the western conference but i will ask you this stone 39 years old 36 points 20 rebounds 12 assists 48 minutes tonight for lebron james I know Joe and I at the beginning of the season were very, very supportive of, of hopefully seeing him playing only 28 to 30 minutes this season. That went out the window pretty damn quick. So I want to hear your thoughts. How miraculous is it at this time of the year to get this kind of production from a 39-year-old player? Almost, I think it's unheard of at this point in time in, in NBA circles. Yeah, it's unprecedented. I mean, this is historic production. Um it's unreal. I mean, uh, he he has these games, you know, as a whole, I think, this season. We've, uh, I think most of us have sort of seen, you know, age kicking in a little bit more. But he has these games that just remind you, like, he's still LeBron James. Like, it's it's pretty wild, um, the, uh, the magnitude of which he can produce. Um, <clears throat> it's crazy. Uh, there's never been a player at this age doing what he's doing. Um, I, I mean, I think if he wants, he can still be uh, another productive player for five, six years if he wanted to. Uh, I mean, it's up to him, but uh, he, he's still in great shape. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's wild. It's somewhat sad for the Lakers in terms of the fact that we we have to rely on a 39-year-old to put these sort of numbers to win a game. Uh, but at the other hand, it's sort of just like sit back and – you know, enjoy the history making. Uh, so that's what I am choosing to do this season. Uh, my, my hopes aren't high that we, you know, go all the way, but uh, I am 
uh, just enjoying the historic numbers that he's putting up. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts joe let me ask you this I appreciate Stone, all your input and and everything you provided for us tonight. But let me ask you this, Joe, when it comes right down to it, this has to set the kicker for this very important, absolutely very important road trip, the Grammy trip right there. So I'll ask you, what does the Lakers need? What do the Lakers need to do now? They've got a back-to-back waiting for them in Houston, Atlanta. And then after that, a dreaded game in Boston on Thursday night. Can this be the type of thing that can give them momentum to go ahead and uh, at least come out of there like with like to two and one record possibly, you know, in those three games? Uh, winning this game gives them a, a, a considering who they're going to be playing five for the remaining five games. This gives them the realistic shot of probably coming back at the very least five hundred. I know that's probably not what people want to hear, but. I was worried about a two and four return, and by winning this game, that greatly uh, that that greatly enhances the fact that they can at least come back uh, five hundred through the road trip. And yeah, that's the issue with kind of all this stuff going on. You know, in, in a normal setting, if you come back from a six game road trip three three, um, it's not a win, but it's also not a detriment. But considering what position they're in it's 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 hard it's hard to to eat that if they were up eight nine wins above 500 it wouldn't hurt as much and then they come back because we we all know february they're not leaving the west coast they're not leaving the pacific uh time zone for almost a month more than a month but with that um i i i think I think they get their rest here. LeBron plays Monday, and then for sure we'll sit the Atlanta game, regardless of what happens. 
Uh, I guess he could sit Houston game and play Atlanta. I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if that's usually how he does it, but uh, he's definitely going to be sitting one of those games. Now, as far as Anthony Davis is concerned, I believe from what I saw, Anthony Davis got a gnarly. I know a lot of youngsters don't know this phrase, but the, we, we used to call this the Charlie horse where somebody knees somebody in the leg. It just, it just hurts like a, a, a horse hitting you. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's sore. It's uncomfortable. You can't really walk. Right. Uh, it's, it's just a, a flesh wound, if you will. It's not a ligament issue or a, or a, or a, or a tendon or, 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 or a muscle that's been pulled. It's just something kind of bruised. So I'm going to be waiting on that tomorrow to see how he, he can recover. Uh, and he, I thought he played pretty well coming back. Uh, and then he kind of faltered towards the end there a little bit, but that's unfortunately, it wasn't his fault. I thought he was put in terrible positions by the defensive sets by allowing him to play Steph Curry in space, which is, you know, if there's anybody that any big that could do it, it's Darwin. I'm sorry if it's uh, Anthony Davis, but not when his leg is kind of hanging there. <laughs> uh, an interesting stat. I don't look at this one that often, but I do, you know, mention, I do once in a while, but LeBron's plus minus today was minus six. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and- well, the thing is, though, Prince, though, 24 minutes, zero points, minus uh yeah, 20, yeah Prince, 24 as well. Yeah, Prince, this is not this this was this is not a matchup that's good for Prince. Prince, the reason why Prince plays is because and he's the best spot up three point shooter on the team, meaning when they're doing their sets and he's open in, in the side, he's he's pretty good if he's got you know some open shots. That's about it. Uh but uh I also wanna give mad props uh, to D'Angelo Russell. I thought D'Angelo Russell uh, uh, showed something tonight that was even bigger than what he's done the last few weeks. Uh, This was a big game. This was a primetime game. This was against a four-time champion. This was uh, a a game that everyone was playing to the till to, to try to win. And you were in hostile, you were in a hostile environment. And these were the kind of games that I was complaining about a few days ago about why the Lakers just can't seem to to to, to come up on these games. Uh, they they basically would normally play like Sean plays on his on a daily in his life, you know, just not good. Um, they need to be play more like me, you know, clutch. And uh, yeah, uh, I thought I figured that would be a nice segue to Sean now. Once again, the Lakers do win 145-144. On that note, it is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by and uh, I guess get tagged by Joe. Uh, By the way, I love the uh, notation under Joe's uh, Ox 1947. I'll leave it at that. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, good to have you here. I told you I have to fly. I will try to return. So you are now in command. So you well, just let us know your thoughts on the game. And then also, if you want to take a free shot at Joe, you're hosting, my friend. No, he knows he has carte blanche to talk blank to me. Okay. I'm just, just saying, my friend. 
It's all right. You're in the command chair right now, my friend. I'm aggravated. I'll be back when I can. So I don't really give up. I don't know. We won. Whoopee. Like, whoopee. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to be a little more positive than that. Come on. Yes. Todd, this, was on. A, this, was a, this was an all-time great game. This was... This I don't was, have any pom poms, and we gotta we gotta appreciate these games every every now and then, you know. It's, it's I pre I appreciate LeBron playing efficient. That's what I appreciate. Yeah, he was efficient and made the right calls at the end of the game, which uh, I I I appreciated that. I, I wish I didn't have to. I wish that would just be the norm. But very proud that he he took. He took the initiative on those two plays because they made it made the difference. If he doesn't do that, I don't think they win. I was more impressed with his his pinpoint passing tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. And the other thing is, I I was very, 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 very happy that when D'Angelo was making some bad decisions, he made up for him right away. And that's that's an important trait in sports. And. We had talked a little bit about that uh, a few shows ago where, look, you guys, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes, of course, in, a, in an environment where you're actually, you know, sometimes the other team makes you make mistakes. But when you can return the mistake with a positive, it, it, it's a different result. It, it creates a different mindset. Like, hey, look, I screwed up, but I'm, you know, I'm going to make up for it. And I, I think D'Angelo Russell was just I, I'm very happy that he's he's performing the way he's performing because it's a huge help and it, it will it, it, the Lakers are to get on a run this year at some point uh, he's going to be a main component of that bigger than 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 we can we would we can imagine so that's that's that was that was just that was real encouraging watching it yeah this was just a fun game overall yeah, like, it was I, it, it, I, yeah. I, I'm not it doesn't change my outlook for the season, but I'm I'm enjoying, you know, what positives you can take away. And to me, this is a big positive from just an entertainment value. Uh, I think it, I just had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, it definitely kept us all, I think, on the edge of our seats the entire game. So, um, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, I'd like, you know, uh, I'd like every game to be like this, just to for, for entertainment purposes. But um, yeah, I mean, I understand where Sean's coming from. It doesn't change my outlook, but uh, I do enjoy, you know, that we we're able to witness this. Are you are you deaf, JD? Did you or did you just get it get into the show? Did you not hear what I just said about LeBron the last fifteen minutes? I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he only had two uh, thirty twenty triple doubles in the past like eighteen months. So. I mean, it was a vintage LeBron game, even though he is 39 years old. That's the positive to take out of this other than the win. Like, you, you shouldn't have gone to double overtime against a team that's 19-23, first of all, as, as Stone illustrated throughout the game. Second, I mean, Darvin Ham's coaching is what it is. I mean, he's a chode. He's a chode. Um, 5.9 seconds left in four quarters and he doesn't decide to take a timeout but in the second overtime same amount of time left all of a sudden it clicks in his brain this bile 
um, that he needs to take a timeout. I mean, this guy has oatmeal for brains, mashed potatoes for brains, whatever analogy you want to use. Um, this guy's a dodo bird. That that he's dodo bird ham. Well, uh, again, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from the Darvin Ham rhetoric tonight a little. Well, I'm not. I'm not. It's no, almost twelve thirty on the I, East Coast. I had to stay up for this crap. You can you can you can you can take that baton. I had to stay um, up for this I'm crap. I'm not going to stop you on that one. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to focus on a, ba- a little bit of a balance here. Plus, I got a show tonight at eleven. I'm gonna go into more detail on where Ham extended this. Uh, double overtime game that's the only and, thing that's extended in it on him yeah yeah it's 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 unfortunate but uh when the game's close we he his extension um not not happening no it it uh it um shrivels up like a stack of dimes his package I would like to think, I would like to think, and maybe this is me being naive, I'd like to think that someone like Jared Vanderbilt is smart enough not to go under a screen. Because I, 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 I seriously doubt that Darvin Ham is telling Jared Vanderbilt to go under the screen on a player like like uh, Steph Curry. Well, he's smart enough, he's smart enough not to, to, to do that. It's just, you know, sometimes momentum gets the best of us, man. It's, it's... It happens a lot. It's one of the, it's one of the tests and disciplines and basically, you know, martial arts. Uh, so I'm speaking from a martial artist here, or and in just in competition, Joe, moment, momentum needs to be controlled. It needs to be controlled because if you if you overextend yourself, or as Jared Vanderbilt didn't, um, it could be used against you. And oftentimes that's what. That's what Curry does now. I mean, he's 35. He doesn't have the athleticism anymore. That being said, Austin Reeves shouldn't be jumping through the chase center to try and keep up with him. And Vanderbilt shouldn't be going under. He should be going over. It's and- another reason. It's another reason why I have immense respect for guys like Derek Fisher. As much crap as he got, and he did take a lot of it. Most of the- like 99% of the time, Fish was just programmed to go over. I'm going to go over, not under. Because if I get, at least if I get beat going over, there's going to be some kind of help underneath. But if you go under, there's no help whatsoever. Because either one, you leave your man and go under, that means somebody else is going to be open. And usually Curry's smart enough to figure out secondary looks. Agreed. Uh, I, I think the next step for the Lakers, especially if they can get out of this road trip with some positiveness, which is um, saying some Hail Marys here for a four and two run. I think that would get uh, Rob Palenka to likely try to see if he can get one more defender with some offensive skills to this team. The question is, who who do we have that we would send out? I think if I had to take a guess, I think. Rui would probably be the piece. Now, the other question is, will the Lakers risk going after this player by shipping out their first-round pick? Because I think that's going to need to go to go get somebody. I don't 
I don't think they should trade Reeves. I think Reeves has intangibles that the Lakers need. He can handle the ball every now and then. He's got uh, a skill set that can get to the paint, even with his lack of crazy athleticism. He can shoot. I know he didn't miss a free throw uh, tonight, but he, he he's a good free throw shooter. He can hit open threes. Uh, he's 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 gonna probably improve, continue to improve. He's still in his third year, so I'm I'm, I'm hesitant on that right now. Unless you get someone that's bona fide, right? But if Darvin Ham refuses to play Rui Hachimura consistently, then you might as well use that chip to go get somebody that we can at least. Tell, look, don't don't go under the screens. Stay on your guy and hopefully it's a couple of, you know, hopefully it can be dependent on shooting uh, open shots and, and, and being a regular there. I'm just I'm just concerned <laughs> that um, Polinka's math skills are worse than um, a five year old's. Uh, Which last... is tragic considering he's an agent. He, should, he knows the salary cap very well. So what is the. What is the problem? Here? Well, and it's not it's not just the salary cap as well, Joe. It's the fact that when you trade a first round pick, you're trading out a four year contract that you're probably going to get the best four or five years out of a player. Not to mention if they do if they play very well, then you get him on a on a pretty good three or four year deal. He's just trading first round picks, sending out four to seven year deals for two years of D'Lo or three years of Austin Reeves or three years of Rui. And you're not even playing Rui. So it's like one year of Rui because you're going to trade him, and you value somebody like Torian Prince, who's basically on a glorified one year deal. I mean, ham is such an incompetent buffoon. That's on top, on top of the buffoonery in the front office. They're, they're terrible at math, man. They suck at it. So, Let's bring in Stone here. Stone, uh, I know you've been going across country and paying half the amount of money for gas and all those good things that that, that come about when you leave California. But have you have you got any positiveness coming the Lakers way here between now and February 8th? Can the Lakers get a player without gutting this team? Well... I think the, the amount of positive I ha- positiveness I have is that I think the Lakers can get better. I I don't believe the Lakers can get championship contender level th- from the trade deadline, but there's layers to this because I think ultimately, and it's been rumored and talk. You guys know you're you're part of the rumor mill too. You hear all this stuff. It's been talked about for years. The Lakers have had their eyes on like a star a third star like superstar since lebron basically got there right they want they have their eyes on trey young or donovan mitchell whoever the name is that week right i do think that the lakers have a chance to get that guy and still get better in the short term meaning i think let's say Dejounte murray is the big name right now but you can insert whatever package or player you want um <clears throat> i think the lakers can you know package their first and Dilo or Rui, whoever the other piece or pieces are, and and improve in the short term for this season, get somebody like DeJounte, and then still have two firsts available the following season to package with DeJounte and maybe uh, Reeves or something to really go 
for that big time star, right? Like get that, get that massive big name that you really want. So you get marginally better for the short term. Uh, but once those other picks become available to move, you can add them to whoever you get during that short term period and, and really go for that star that uh, they've been rumored for so long to, to covet. So I think, I kind of think that's the play they're going to go for. Um, I don't think they're looking for that home run. I don't think they have the assets to really go for that home run quite yet. Uh, but once, you know, these, these picks become available um, and Reeves is on a very team friendly contract, I think they're probably going to try and save him past the deadline for that reason to include him maybe in that, you know, blockbuster type deal. I think that's sort of the play they're aiming for. And I think, um, you know, just from reading the tea leaves that that's sort of how it's going to play out this year. You make a trade that that makes you better. You know, the fan base is satisfied for a little bit because you're trying to get better. Um, and then ultimately it's it's just a short-term piece to really go for the big fish that you're after. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but uh, do you see them going after a blockbuster type trade this summer? And if they do, what what third star would be available for a trade this summer you think uh, yeah i mean that that's where i think it, i i think that's what they're going for uh, i think that's their play what third star who knows i think we have to see the rest of this season shake out first to really have a, a good grasp on that um you've heard you know like i said the names linked before you've had trey or donovan Lamelo because he's from LA. Who knows? I, I don't really know, but I think that's the sort of caliber type star. Ultimately, they are, are coveting uh, this summer. I think they're really trying to push for, you know, that that big time star that is eventually gonna replace LeBron at some point. Um, and I think that uh, I have no clue who that is at this point in time. There's multiple names. It's probably a guard, I would think. Um, just because you need someone long term to replace sort of the the guard and, and ball handling uh, skill set that LeBron gives you, but uh, and can fit alongside him for short term. So I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I think that once those picks become available, you're going to see them included with whoever they trade for this summer or this uh, deadline. So, so Sean, uh, you've obviously set the table on Darvin Ham and how you feel about him. Uh, if the Lakers were to bring in by some miracle players to where you're like, whoa, hey, they might actually have a shot now. Will it matter? Will it matter if Ham is still at the helm, which he is likely going to be? Yeah, no, Joe, because I think it's a it's a case of you could bring in a Carlos Pena, but he's uh he's he, he, you could bring in a Scott Hatterberg, he's still gonna start Carlos Pena. He's mm-hmm. he's just so stubborn and obstinate. That's Moneyball reference, folks, from the movie Moneyball. Just the you know reference. So we put this good, team we put this team together, constructed it a certain way so that you play it a certain way, and that'll lead to victories. He's so this is how much of a dumbass he is on the court. And I got preface that because Gerald is is the president of the decency police and we gotta be fair to Darvin Ham here. 
so the so everybody was just uh, tits up for him finally calling a timeout, Joe. And what does he do after the timeout? He doesn't sub out the five players that gave up that run to the Warriors. He just called a time a blanket timeout to rest them. And one of those players is Torian Prince. Tor- like Tor- Torian Prince is not the problem with the Lakers, but he's the symptom. He's symptomatic of what the problems are. He's a perfect example of that. Just symptom of this team, just de- devaluing their own players. Like Rob Polinka threw a lot of money at Rui Hashimura. And Darvin Hames decided that uh, I'm going to usurp Palinka's evaluations for my own. Yet Rui's the one that helped us get all the way to the second round. And then the other guys helped us there. Torian Prince had nothing to do with that last year. Comes in and somehow he's he's become, uh, you know, his golden child. It's not a teacher's pet anymore. It's the golden child. Like, terrible movie, but that's who Torian Prince is. Uh, he can do no wrong. He could do no wrong. He's got a unlimited um, mistake. I don't want to use that this word. It's almost as if, like, Ham, will, Ham used to pull D'Lo for him making mistakes. Now we can't pull him anymore because D'Lo's on fire the past six to eight weeks. But he would punish D'Lo or Vando for making mistakes and give him a quick hook. He won't do that with Torian Prince. And we and you illustrated that tonight. Uh, or Gerald did. Somebody did. Uh, 24 minutes, zero points, minus six. That's about what you're going to get out of this dude. Like, his legs are jelly at this point. He's played he's played too much. We keep and I keep talking about this and I'm gonna keep talking about it until I'm dug halfway to China. Torian Prince should play no more than 22, 25 minutes a game. After after that, he becomes very inefficient. And you know, he's trying to turn a fork into a spoon again. He does this. This is his MO, Joe. He tries to turn he tries to turn water into wine. You're not Jesus, man. You're not Jesus on the court, okay? That was Earl Monroe. Earl Monroe is the Jesus on the court, not Darvin Ham. Yeah, it's good points. And there's stats to back up what you're saying. I think there was a stat where if uh Torian Prince played more than 28 minutes, his shooting percentage dipped tremendously. Tonight he only played 24 minutes and he had a goose egg. He had a bagel. You guys brought up Steve Blake on the on the telecast, and I figured, uh, you know, I'd bring back the bagel uh, reference because Steve Blake had some bagels, and he, he was nicknamed Bagels at the time, I remember. But the, the Lakers uh, beat the Warriors in double roll overtime tonight, 145 to 144. The Lakers won in the end with LeBron going to the basket. Wow, what a what a what an amazing concept, folks! The probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest basketball player to the rim ever uh, decided to do that uh, tonight uh, at the end and it ended up reaping uh, re- the Lakers ended up reaping the benefit of it. And I was, I was equally impressed with uh, his free throws on those two shots. I mean, he didn't, 
he he made them. He looked like Sasha in game two, so, game seven. <laughs> so I mean, and you can go back and you like uh, people hear what they want to hear, right? But you can go back and listen to D'Lo kind of mocking Darvin Ham before before he went on this heater. He was basically mocking him. You know, he D'Lo said Jacques Vaughn was a great head coach, like running great sets. Jacques Vaughn is not a great head coach and running great sets. Okay. He's okay. That's okay. He's he's vanilla paste. But Darvin Ham isn't even vanilla paste. And that was D'Angelo Russell's point is that it, it was a sly dig. And there have been sly digs at this guy all year long. People are tired of playing for him. They're tired of it. They play for each other. That's what I think everybody needs to understand at this point, Joe, is that the guys on the court are playing for each other. LeBron and AD don't give a dick about what Darvin Ham said. Um, we we were on this program previously, Stone, and uh, you weren't on it, but uh, Reddit had a, a great splice of a uh, set where LeBron and AD are coming up the court together and they're they're communicating. As somebody from the bench is trying to communicate what set to run, and obviously it's Darvin Ham, and LeBron weighs him up and says, "We got it, little bro." Like that. That's how much. That's how much they don't value what Darvin Ham has to say. Because uh, honestly, Stone, I I think this is what happens during timeouts, right? Darvin Ham just tries to figure out what to do, and he he bl- blankly like runs something on the board rather than thinking it out. I I think he's overwhelmed, Stone. He's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed with rotations. He's overwhelmed with the game within the game. And he doesn't know when to call timeouts correctly. He doesn't know when to call uh, challenges correctly. I mean, it was obvious on the replay. The Chase Center has a pretty big scoreboard, Joe. And you could see that AD hit Draymond Green on the arm. Clearly, he didn't get any of the ball. And yet, Darvin Ham called it called the challenge this guy is an incompetent boob you are an incompetent boob yeah it's it's an ongoing issue that's not going to go anywhere any place I, I i i almost secretly wish that they might they pulled the move that milwaukee did with doc rivers i know that's not a popular decision for most but uh doc rivers is a better coach than griffin or ham if you even if you put them together he's better than those two so but we're going to have to live with this, guys. He's not going anywhere until the end of the year at the very least. And in the meantime, I'd like to think that LeBron and AD, if they do share the same sentiment as, as then DeAndre what, Russell. What, then, then why give up a first-round pick? Expl- explain. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to be, um, I'm gonna be um, Denzel from Philadelphia. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. You can't. You can't give yeah. up a first-round pick. You can't pick. give up a first-round pick if you're going to keep this bozo as your coach. No. No, the, the likelihood is is the Lakers are not going to make any significant trades based off of what they'd have to send out. Rui is a possibility, but uh, but I can't include a first round pick. Is this going to have to be a three team trade again with someone who would be willing to assist the Lakers with some draft capital going to wherever Rui's going and whatever we're getting? I have no idea who that would be. I have. Murray's been the big topic. Brogdon's obviously an option, but I just don't see those guys moving the needle enough 
to replace Rui with them. I don't see it. The Lakers would need two things with the team it has right now, and that is they need someone that can be like a Murray, someone who's a We need a pecan duck or a trout almond ding. We don't need another ham sandwich or peanut butter and jelly. We got enough of those. It's not. It, I, I've I've scoured the internet and there's nothing right now. I don't see or hear anything. It might pick up here in about a week, right? So I'm gonna wait a week to see what starts to pick up. There's no disgruntled players in the NBA. There's no player that really needs to be traded. Does Murray really need to be traded? Does Atlanta really want to get rid of him? Do they? Does it really matter? It doesn't matter. The fact that you're talking about Donovan Mitchell when Cleveland's won, what, 13 of the last 15 games? Like, where's the logic in that? Like, why the hell would they trade this guy when he still has two years left after this year, the last one being a player option? So if they're going to trade him, they're going to trade him next year. They're not going to trade him now. They're in a freaking – they're they're the fifth seed in the East. It's, just, it's the biggest open <clears throat> secret in the NBA, Joe. He's going to play out the string wherever he is, and then he's going to sign with the Knicks. I, but that's – how's that going to work if the Knicks are constructed the way they are right now? Well, uh, they, they're cares? going – they're going to – they're going to re-sign – they're going to re-sign OG and Anobi. That much is clear. They can clear the books for Julius Randle and Evan Fournier, and they got a lot of money to work with. But I don't got, see Cleveland got, making that deal now. They don't have to. No, no, no. They're not going. They're not going to. That's why no one. That's why no one's going to trade for Donovan Mitchell because it's an open secret. It's the reason. It's the reason why nobody tried to make a move on LeBron. So Stone, what do you think? Is there? Is it? It's likely that this team is not going to make any significant trades in a couple of weeks, right? Just because of the landscape. There is no player out there with the, with the assets that the Lakers have that they can make a difference. And then at the same time, we have to factor in that there is a deficiency in the coaching area of this, and will it matter? However, again, we're, we're venturing into the negative again, guys, and I want to try to kind of stay away from that a little bit. This was a great evening, and I want to put light to this. The Lakers have two great players on their team. When you have that kind of talent, it's always, it, there's always at least a chance. This is not the Charlotte Hornets. It's not the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the Lakers with LeBron and AD. And you also have now a former all-star, D'Angelo Russell, that's coming into his own, playing at a, at a, at a, at a clip that we were desperate to have. We, were, we wished we had it at the beginning of the year, but let's just be happy that he's finally catching on. And then I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, Positive and negative for, for for Austin Reeves. Folks, you have to put things in perspective, okay? You have to put things in perspective. He's stupid, though, Joe. He's stupid. In the final 155 of this game, so less than two minutes to go, the Lakers went a 13-4 run with the Western Conference starting five. Previously, the previous game, they went on 11-0 run with that same five, and he didn't go back to them. He is an incompetent nitwit. I I I agree. I, I was talking about Austin Reeves, though. Uh, forget him. Forget him. You know no, what? Lemon him. Lemon Dad Lemon Daddy Lemon yeah. Daddy is everyone. I'm not calling another out there. A grown man Daddy. Okay, I'm just gonna put that on the record. He's not a grown man. 
I'm not calling He's a 25 year old boy. Let's see. Yeah, no, no. The, the key here is you have to understand the tools. Okay. You're not expecting a, uh, for those of you who don't know where this is, a Harbor Freight screwdriver versus a snap-on screwdriver. For those of you who are good at working with your hands and building stuff or even just using stuff in the garage, there's a difference. I'm not going to sit here and criticize Austin Reeves for not being, uh, I don't know, Scottie Pippen, okay? he is an, He's an undrafted player that has played way above what he was supposed to be, and, it's a, and, he, and he has value. Uh, as far as his value in bringing in talent, we're going to find out in two weeks. I don't know, and it's likely not going to be that case. We have Rui, who he not a, he's just not a fan of, of Ham, apparently. I don't know how good he is, and I don't know if we're ever going to find out how good he is as long as Ham is the coach. And then we got D'Angelo Russell, who is playing like a second second overall pick at this point. How this kind of plays out, it's going to come down to health, like always, and it's going to come down to can the Lakers <laughs> can the Lakers win despite Darvin Ham? No, Gerald, not not this year. Gerald, <clears throat> what do you think? Um, Ham is such a distraction. I mean, it's like for everything that we gain, Ham's thinking out there again. I thought he made crucial mistakes down the stretch. Prince, zero points, minus 24. And then, like I said, in the first overtime, you sh- when Draymond Green had the ball at the three-point area, facing away from the basket, right foul, right there. You foul him, right there and then. You'd never get it to into Gerald, the hands of... 14 seconds left. You're going to be playing this, and you saw this t- twice... You saw AD miss a free throw, and you saw Austin miss a free throw. We don't have a Schroeder or a Sasha or a Kobe to depend on to play that game. So I don't agree that that was going to be the right move. Well, I don't agree with you, don't agree. Well, looking at what happened after... Yeah, of course that would have been the right call, but how do you know that? It's hindsight's 20-20. I'm I'm always the the foul. Never let them shoot the threes. I I can't risk giving a team free points if there's too much time on the clock then i don't and, when you have three point shooters like them because and also not this, following vando not following around the screen okay so now that's what i wanted to get to vando not vando looking like he was flopping i'm not saying he did but trying to draw a foul that's a stupid mentality to have they're not going to call that typically on that time anyways no don't don't go under the screen can Darvin is Darvin Ham not telling them this, or is he not smart enough to understand this? Stop going under the screen against Clay Thompson's and Steph Curry's. I don't understand what what's going on there. That needs to stop. If they make it with the hand in their face, so be it. But they these guys are getting open shots. Clay's three was an open shot because Austin was running over there. I don't know what the hell he was doing. So what is it? What, 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 what is, where's the disconnect there? I have a hard time, as bad as Darvin Ham is, I'm having a hard time understanding how the player doesn't understand that. I think Jared Vanderbilt should know better. Austin Reeves should know better not to risk these guys having open shots. If they make it and you're guarding them, fine. But they had two wide 
sitting there having coffee three-point shots. That needs to stop because you guys have been doing that all year. But the difference, about- tonight, the difference tonight, and it's really, really the first time I can really remember this year where their grit finally was there till the end. They, they were grinding until they won. And usually they quit. Usually they would quit early. Yeah, Gary, I agree. There's a there's a low IQ thing here, but role players are supposed to be coached. They're supposed to be coached. They want to be coached. They're not getting it, and it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to stay away from the reality of that. It's just it's just, ama- it's just amazing, Joe, that Rui goes perfect from the field and plays four less minutes. Than Torian Prince. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I still don't know. No one's asking the question. Six minutes. I'm sorry. Six minutes. Has anyone asked that question? Did any any other perfect from the like... field in 19? Perfect from the field in the limited minutes he played. Yeah. 18 minutes and then Torian Prince out. played 24. Ask him what's going on there. Uh, don't don't ask don't ask that uh, Munchkin to uh, be anything. But he's uh, right there. A brown he, he, he would have the respect of the coach, right? Like coach. Why aren't you playing Rui 35 minutes a game, if you don't mind me asking? Something like that. Well, that's none of your business. Okay. Well, Stone, what, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, because, again, it just shows out there, Prince, 24 minutes, zero, and a minus 22. Rui is a perfect from the field. Uh, I Are we watching just a completely different game than Darvin Ham is on, on his absolute love and endearing faith in Torian Prince? Yeah, I mean Torian Snow. I mean Torian Prince is not gonna be, you know, a difference maker for the team. <clears throat> and I'm not the biggest Rui fan, but he provides you more consistent shooting, at the least, uh, and and better team defense. Uh, everyone's saying in the comments, you know, he's uh, gets cooked defensively, and I agree one on one. If if it's you know, man defense, uh, generally speaking, he's not good. Uh, but if you put him in a, you know, a, a scheme setting um, where he's, you know, the help defender a lot of times, he's actually come a long way in that regard. So, uh, and, and Prince, you know, for what it's worth is terrible, uh, both individually and as a team defender. So uh, I don't really see, you know, how the Lakers at the least could get any worse by having Rui on the floor. But, Gerald, ever since they signed uh, Rui and Dilo this summer, it's always felt to me like they signed them so they could move them. Like, they felt like very uh, movable salary-type areas, at, you know, 17, 18 million. Um, and obviously with Dilo's, especially for me, uh, with that, you know, uh, option next year, I, I think it's very likely that those are the two guys the Lakers are looking to use one or the other or both in some sort of package because it just felt like there there are temporary signings when it happened. Gerald, I'm posting something here. Uh, For though, I don't listen to the sound on these games anymore. I haven't in about 12 years. That being said, Doris Burke, you you asked, is Darvin Ham watching a different game than we are? Well, Doris Burke was pointing out that, Gerald. D'Lo, A.R., Vando, LeBron, A.D., plus 21. Eight minutes. Eight minutes you played that unit. He is a dumbass. 
He really is a dumbass. He's got all the statisticians there on the sidelines for him. They do the pronounce at halftime. We're not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. This is how uh, an organization that's well-run does it. This lineup is working. This lineup isn't. He just goes back to the well over and over again, throwing pennies in it and thinking he's going to get a a four-leaf clover. It's not happening. Torian Prince is who he is. And I don't like trade. I hope Rob Polinka trades Torian Prince out of spite to Darvin Ham, just out of pure spite. Because he was a minus 24 in 24 minutes, Gerald. That unit, that unit right there was a plus a plus 21 in eight minutes. Eight minutes. You played Torian Prince three times as much as that lineup. He's a moron. Why give up first-round picks after first-round picks for this idiot? He's not worth it. He's not worth it. It's. I agree with you. It is. He's not worth it. And uh, let me get it to Joe. Joe, it just the lineup that Magic Man is talking about. That's the lineup that went eighteen and eight in the final twenty-six games. The lineup that we showed out there in, in the first two rounds of the playoffs that got us through. That's the lineup everybody wants to go back to. And with Vando finally playing with some consistency, finally playing. Like he's not a complete, you know, just absolute nothing on the offensive end. He's finally playing at the level, you know, Rodell and some others out there were were praising him for. He's finally playing at that level, Joe. It's now time to make that move. It's now time to reinstate the starting lineup that took you and see if that, that takes you farther this time around as well. Well, the starting lineup was D'Angelo Vando. No, yeah, it wasn't. It, no, it, it wasn't. Was, it was D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Torian Prince, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Year. Yeah, from last year, you, yeah. from Vando last year. instead of Torian. Yeah. So you have to play Vando. You have to play Vando instead of Torian because we've already stated the statistics when you have Prince, D'Lo, and Austin in the starting lineup. Those three give up more points per 100 possessions than I think anybody in the history of the NBA. I'm I'm over I'm, I'm exaggerating. I have I don't really know 100% if that's true, but it looked like it. You're talking about 100 possessions. They allowed 133 points in those 100 possessions. On the, the I'm talking about the equivalency. They're they're allowing 1.3 points per possession. That's horrendous when those three are in the lineup. Rodell, so tell us have- about where he's being placed. Okay, first you have off, to break it up. You have to break it up. Okay. You, 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 oh, oh, I didn't realize you had a medical degree, Rodell. Where do you go to school, guys? I'll talk to you about it after the, after the show. The, the thing here, guys, is I want we need to focus on what we're watching. We got to talk about Vanderbilt here, too. Vanderbilt needs to change some things as well. He needs to stop going under the screens. Actually, everybody needs to stop going. Offensively, the this was his best game he's played all year I agree. in the first half. I agree. And he's improving. He's improving. Because he's cutting almost. to the basket and not staying he's at the three-point line. He's, he's improving. Not stationary. He's not stationary. He, he is improving. That's 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 a good thing. Now, the, the, the Lakers need to somehow find a closing lineup that's consistent game in and game out. The consistent lineup that needs to close is D'Lo, Vanderbilt, 
Reeves, AD, and LeBron. That's their best five. Get that lineup showing up more than any other lineup, and I believe the Lakers are going to do very, very well. Uh, it's 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 not it's not going to change in that there's going to be bad decision making by Mr. Han. So, what was the last team that won a championship with a really bad coach? Good point. Good question. If you guys need to think about that one, I'll let you think about that one. In the meantime, never. Stone, I it's, know it's never happened. No, not really. Stone, I know it's getting late for you, so I want to make sure that you get as much. Tommy Heinsohn. That's we're going back <laughs> sixty years. It's what was it seventy four? The Celtic team in seventy four. Yeah. Is that is that it? <laughs> Anyways, Stone. The question I have for you here is: Do is there a player that might be available through the buyout? We've talked about this every now and then, and I don't believe so either. I, I'm not a big fan of buyout players that make a difference, really. Uh, do you see something out there that the Lakers could get where it would be like, "Wow, this is good"? Now there was two names that came up: Hayward, which I think he's fish food. At this point, and the wild card was Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, with, with, with the Golden State Warriors <clears throat> buy him out if they're continuing their, you know, they're what, 19 and 24 now? Do they do him a solid and buy him out? And would he help the Lakers? Considering he's been sitting a lot here, so maybe you might not get a complete burnout at the end of the year. Uh, if they did buy him out, I don't think they would. I, I don't think they would. But if they did, I wouldn't be interested I, as a Laker fan. I don't I don't think – and it's not like personal because he played with the Clippers or whatever. I just don't think he's good anymore. I think he's defensively – He's just going to add to the problems we have with our guards defensively. Um, he can make some passes in the pick and roll still, but he's become highly inefficient uh, with that patented mid-range jumper. It's not nearly as efficient. It's actually inefficient uh, this year and last. Um, he's he's just not that good. Uh, him, Lowry, I know a lot of people are interested in because he just got traded not interested. Uh, I think Hayward is actually still a good player, but you're only going to be getting 10, 15 games from him for the rest of the season. Uh, and that's not that interesting to me. So yeah, I mean the buyout market, like 99% of the time anyway, is not bringing back someone that is going to move the needle enough. Anyway, they're, they're bought out for a reason. Um, they're, they're not going to, you know, get you to championship level, but, uh, sort of what you're looking for or hoping for at the max is that you get a, uh, a player that can, you know, give you some rotation minutes. That's really what you're looking for. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really see a buyout player making a, a big move. I just want to shout out quickly to uh, hi and thanks to Dante and search and destroy. And a couple of you, I see you in the chat saying what's up. Uh, and it's been a while. So it's good to see you guys again. <clears throat> Gerald. You can take over the uh, the reins here again, like you normally do, and uh, 
try to control Mr. Grice over here. He wants to go find Darvin Ham and tell him how much he loves him. I want to punch him in the throat. I love when Gerald talks and we can't hear him because he has it. Yes, I know you did it earlier and now it's my turn. Yes, the violence on this man. Absolutely. My goodness. The violence, man. I chose violence today. I'm not going to lie. Oh, gosh. And and, and there's some and merit. This game should have ended. You think I'm angry? You guys should see me in the dojo. Okay. I, I don't know. If I saw you in the dojo, I'd still whoop your ass. You think you can kick my ass? I know I can oh, kick I yours. I can whoop your ass, period. <sighs> okay. It's just facts with an X in your face. How can something be a fact when it hasn't been proven yet? <laughs> it will one day. <laughs> Once again, this is the Lakers fast break. It is and the man diffuses the uncomfortable silence. <laughs> Always on this show. You guys can talk. Come on, move. Uh, so let me ask you this. The Lakers now going back on the road. This is the Grammy trip. They're 1-0. Uh, actually, let me go ahead and hit it to Magic Man. Back-to-back, back, Houston, Atlanta. So what's the <laughs> MO? Lakers just had two guys, their two top guys, play over 50 minutes. One got hit near the nuts. And now he's got – so he may be out. He could barely move when he finished the game. Then you got LeBron, your oldest player in the league, played close to 50 minutes. D'Lo played 49, too. I mean, D'Lo played you know, four, well, he's young yeah, enough. So he's under 30 still. So it's yeah, right. but you norm, normally if that dude plays more than over 40, 44 minutes a game, the next game you're, you're likely not going to They all them. can't sit out in Houston. <laughs> no, they can't, Gerald. But D, when D'Lo plays heavy minutes, a lot of his shooting is fire and ice. He could be cold one day and hot the next. He's as cold as ice. Yeah, that's a sh- oh. I give the Joe face. That, one that's a yeah, yeah, foreigner. Yeah, it's going back. Uh, and yeah, so I, honestly, Gerald, I think that's a split. It's one and one. I'm not sure which game we win, which game we lose. But uh, one thing's for sure: Darvin Ham is going to be uh, the mayor of Munchkinland, <laughs> coaching against Emma Udoka and Quinn Snyder. Sean is just all out rough. It's actually hearing on my refrigerator when I was in the other room. My gosh. Uh, I'll tell you what, we though. We welcome you to Munchkin Lansing. La 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 la. Mayor of Munchkin Lansing. And on that note. What did, what did Frankie Valley think when he was reading the script? Like that. Could you imagine him reading it? It's like, oh, can't wait to do this episode. And Mayor of Munchkin Lansing. Who's that? It's you, mother. Stone, did you miss this? Did you miss this? A bit, yeah. Okay. What okay. what what Stone didn't miss is he, he literally moved his I'm finished. Room. He literally moved his room uh from LA. <laughs> yeah, same lighting. Same same. Yeah. He's got the light, the light of God is still with him. <laughs> that stayed with him throughout. What? What? Are you going to do something about it? Mr. Sean? <laughs> what? Mr. Sean? 
I'm finished. <laughs> Come on, man. You you talk over me all the time. I don't say that. I would beat his ass for the bowling pin right now. All right. Oscar says, ponder all the moves the Lakers make. Ham is still holding the reins. Excellent. Yep. Very way, very good way. Good, yeah, Oscar. Excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, so let me, with that, Stone, let me ask you that. The problem is still the Lakers can make all the moves in the world or stay under the cap or not make, do any moves. Whatever. At the end of the day, come February 8th, when they play against Denver after the trade deadline, Ham is still coaching the team. And how much of a problem is that for the Lakers going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's a big problem. But a, a team can overcome something like that if they have like a really just maxed out stack team, like talent-wise, cohesion-wise. The Lakers just don't have that. I mean, we, we don't have that level of talent needed to overcome the coaching deficits. Uh, and we're not going to for this season because we don't have the assets to acquire the level of talent it would need to overcome those coaching deficits. So uh, we're going to be waiting until the summer to see what happens in the hope that ham is gone. And maybe we do get, you know, a, another max level type player um, production wise. But uh, until then, I think the rest of the season is just, uh, taking away what we can uh, and enjoying it for what it is like tonight. Uh, it was a great game. Loved it. But in the end, uh, we're, we just don't have what it takes this year. <clears throat> so magic man, let me ask you this uh, before I bring it back to Joe. And once again, but the Lakers... see, Joe, Joe, Joe asks a really good question, Gerald, but the problem, the, the, the problem is it's there, there is no answer to it. There's no answer to it. Right. Because name name uh, a a bad coach that won an NBA Finals. Like it's hard to do that. It's hard to whittle that down. You could basically go back to Tommy Heinsohn. That's that's about <laughs> that's about the only guy I could think of. However, however, name a team that went to an NBA Finals with a bad coach. I could think of two right off the top of my head. It's the same team. Stan Van Gundy and Brian Hill. Those two guys were inferior coaches, but yet stacked teams were able to overcome that pitiful coaching and get them to an NBA Finals. Didn't win it. Didn't win it, but they got there. So I think that's Joe brings up an excellent point every time he brings up that question because it's 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 you can't answer it, really. But that so being me, said, there there have been talented teams to get to an NBA Finals with poor coaching. So let me finish it off by this, Magic Man and Stone. According to Twitter, and actually thank you for the chat for bringing this up, Joe with AD, it's hip spasms. And he was asked after the game how he's doing. AD said he's fine after the hip spasms. He's good. He said it's the same area he's dealt with his groin injury for most of the season. So he's not attributing that to Draymond Green. It's his hip spasms. So do you think the hip spasms will allow AD to go ahead and play in the back-to-back? I, I think it will. AD has shown that he is mentally focused this year, more so than ever when it comes to body and mind. Uh, I, I hate to give him praise for this, because we live in a world now where 
we pat people on the back for playing games. I hate doing that, but we got to give him credit considering he wasn't known as that guy for a long time. I, I prefer, I prefer to, I think you condition your body to deal with pain. Uh, and you, what happens is in games like this, it, it, it conditions you just in the same way you, you hit that break over and over again and your, your fist calcifies and you're just hitting it and you're hitting it over year after year after year. You can break the brick or you can break the, the wood. Uh, I believe that, that that AD is mentally and physically starting to get to that point where he's allowing himself to play in these uncomfortable situations. Uh, how it how it materializes Monday and Tuesday, I we're gonna have to wait and see. Uh, I'd like to see everybody play Monday and try to win that game, and then if you want to sit LeBron uh, for the Atlanta game, I, I'm I'm cool I'm cool with that. Uh, we're gonna have to see how develops from there uh, get the Lakers put themselves in a position winning tonight and at least coming back at three and three uh, in the uh, Grammy trip and while that sucks in a lot of ways it's better than two and four and that's kind of how I'm looking at it if they win on Monday because they always play well against Boston whether it's in Boston or in LA so I believe that'll be a competitive game regardless. But, if, man, if they can win, if they can win. They can go two and one. If they can go two and one in the next three games, they got Charlotte after Boston. They win that one. They're, 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 they're coming back. And the problem is they're coming back home after this road trip to play Denver and New Orleans on a back-to-back. That's, that's a problem. So it's not going to get easy when they get home. They got to play Denver. So it's, they're going to earn it here in the next seven games. They're going to earn it. We'll, we'll we'll be here to see what 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 happens. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. 
So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I will say, though, before we head on out, Magic Man, and then, of course, we'll close it out with Stone, because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get him back on the show with his busy schedule. But Magic Man, my friend, great job tonight doing the playback. Absolutely a tremendous part of what we do. Big shout out to Laker Nick also as well for being a part of what we're doing along with these guys right here. But we pulled out the win, man. We pulled out the win. I know it wasn't pretty. But it was he said the, pulled out again, Gerald. He, uh, just, all right. We got the victory. We got the victory. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whoopee. It, yes. Whoopee. To quote Pat Riley. All right. Whoopee indeed. All right. Fair enough. But I'm just asking, my friend, because, again, to see what they can do with it. It's the start of the Grammy trip. We'll see if they can go ahead and sustain something. Gerald, it's, 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 it, it feels like. Two step forward, one step back. That's kind of what it is. 24 and 23. We're over 500 for the first time since what? A few weeks ago? Your old friend, 500. Yeah, 500. Tyrone is being very positive, that's for sure. Six and Uh, 0. Lakers are going to go 6 and 0 on this trip. Okay, there you go. I tell you what, if we go six and zero, oh, I'm gonna pull a Jason Kelsey on this show, Gerald. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Why? Why? What difference does it make? You gonna pull a what? A Jason, a Jason Kelsey. Why? He's gonna take off his clothing and then. Why? I don't know. Do something like that. For, you're Jason Kelsey. You're a pussy drinking 40, 40 Bud Light. You think you you honestly drank forty Bud Light? Dude, you Yankees need to drink real beer. Enough of this light beer crap. Stone, my friend, appreciate you being part of what we're doing tonight. But any last thoughts before we head on? Because like I said, I don't know when you're coming back. So, Yeah, I I might be back this week. Next week, I won't be in till probably the day of the trade deadline that i think i'll be back trade trade deadline day i don't i assume you guys are doing a show then um and if you are i'll be there for that uh maybe the day before if you do like a preview show uh hopefully but yeah so bottom line is i'm, I'm not sure either um but uh <laughs> thanks for having me on again uh, i enjoyed watching the game tonight with you guys that was a lot of fun uh probably the most fun I've had watching a game this year. Um, thanks to everyone in the chat saying what's up. Good to see you guys again. Uh, and yeah, my thoughts ultimately on the Lakers in the season haven't changed since the last time I was on. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Well, it was Intel mentioned that he would drop a hundred dollars on the super chat. If I took three shots of alcohol tonight. Oh, wow. Hey, Intel and and also as well, Cash. Great job! Thank you for the super chats. What they gave so far, so. Joe, do do a double. Go for two hundred and and go for six. <laughs> will they believe me if I'm drinking alcohol? I will drink it. I maybe mentioned. nine. Maybe nine. Go all the way nine and triple it. <laughs> nine is going to be tough. Although it is a Saturday. Yeah, so quadruple it actually. So if I take a shot every <laughs> ten minutes. The yeah. show usually lasts about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. So you got room for twelve. I might be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Sean? Uh oh. What do I think? Jeff, what's what? up, bud? 
You think he could do it? No. Oh, wow. That means you have to do it, Joe. That, that's that's <laughs> 12 shots. That's 12 shots you have to do. Of course, I can take nine <laughs> shots. It's just a matter of do I want to be functional tonight in the morning, whatever. I'm Irish. I could drink you under the table, big boy, and then kick your ass. Sounds <laughs> sounds like it's a drink off show tonight. <laughs> Look at you, Stone. Trying to start Irish costs money. The Irish costs nothing. <laughs> well, we're certainly glad to have you here. But that 11 p.m. tonight. What else do you have planned? What are you going to be talking about for tonight's show at 11 p.m.? Unless we're going to be talking about, about why Gerald keeps well, leaving in between telecasts. I told Look, you. He's, he's got he's got I a family. A what, what he does, what he does when he's not on this show is really why, not a business. And why? There's gonna be one of these into the jugular. With, oh my uh, god! <laughs> <laughs> you know everybody does this and they this. No, it's this. Are you gonna give me the Nikki Nikki said Toro? <laughs> no, not to you, Joe. Christ. Not you, Sean. It's to Joe. So I could actually, well, I could actually make it like this. Okay, hold on. I'll do it this way. Now. There you I go. Can't take, right. I can't oh! take credit for this. I can't oh! take credit for this. This is from a movie that Joe, Joseph Fiennes did. That's Ralph Fiennes' brother. Uh, great actor. What happened to him? He just dropped off. He was doing so many good roles, and he dropped off the face of the planet. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I, I really I really like uh, him and his him and his brother are phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying he just stopped I don't working. know. He, maybe he got tired of the... He did a Daniel Day-Lewis and retired almost. The hustle bustle, yeah. Weird, so weird how that happened because he was doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, like late '90s, he was getting a lot of good gigs, and he was. He uh, did a he did a movie. I don't know if it was a spoof type movie where he was Michael Jackson, and he got a lot of flack for that. Long it was a few years ago. So I don't know. I don't know if that is. I don't know. Does anybody in the chat know who Joseph Fiennes is? Or are we talking to the air right now with them? Uh, Mission Twenty Four says he'd love to have a beer session with the crew of the LFB. There you go. Thank you. I would too. Yeah, let's let's do it. There you go. Your session up. with the crew. How would we do that? Just show up and drink beer on TV. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, that's what they do off of TV. So oh yeah. I'll come to filming. Vegas. It's filming. But you it. hate Vegas, Joe. <laughs> I hate Vegas too. No offense, but I like going there for the for the um, summer league. It's the it's land of, of free drinks. Yeah. We. I saw you at the summer league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because all the draft uh aficionados were all in one one place yeah at, it's like, like, 30, a, like if, a bomb, if a bomb happened in a certain section of the thomas and mac there'd be like no more draft gurus after that because it'd just be like wiped out yeah the apparently we just roamed together like packs of wolves i don't know why we all just find where each other are and huddle up in the in the uh, same section, but I was yeah, summer league's a lot of fun. <clears throat> it was cool seeing you in person, though. Yeah, we'd love to go ahead and do that. Yeah, so come on, let's all get together for a beer one of these days. Absolutely, sounds good to me. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win in double overtime, one forty-five to one forty-four. Uh, Alan says Joe would wake up in Sean's hands like a go go gaga, like goo goo gaga. Okay. My response has been written. It has been, indeed. You can, but, you, if anybody can understand it, you'll see it right there. 
Hey, Empire Jeff, we're going to be on tonight at 11 if you want to join. We can discuss more details on how great Darvin Ham was tonight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Magic Man, great job hosting the playback. Stone, terrific job as well as far as being on the playback. And Joe as well with his two cents every now and then on playback.tv. Big shout out to Laker Nick for stopping by with his thoughts as well. And, of course, the Lakerholics who set up the pregame for you. So truly appreciate them stopping by as well. But, again, it is Lakers fast break. Lakers do win 145-144. to 144. We're going to give you about a little over a half hour of prep time to go. Hey, Alan. Relax. You ever put, drink. You ever put someone – Did you have you ever put a grown man in a torture Joe, rack before? We're ending the show on a positive note. It's, it, it's Royal Rumble night. So, you yeah, end it on a – have you? Well, I'm, I'm I'm using the Royal Rumble as, an, as a backdrop to this. Have exactly. you ever put a grown man in the torture rack? I have, and I have a picture of it too. So, uh, uh, congratulations yeah. to Bailey and Cody Rhodes for winning their respective. Yeah, you like Rumble. that? You like that? And to Roman Reigns, who once again is the champion for WWE once again. So, interesting Royal Rumble. Is- what about, well, yeah, but what about Vince McMahon and his bedtime manners? Oh, yeah, that's another interesting thing altogether. My gosh, indeed. He's, he's, he's like the walking San Francisco gutter. That's one way of saying it, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Once again, it is uh, Sean knows actual fighting. Mm-hmm. To I do. There he is. He well, you said the dojo. How, long, how, many, how many days a week do you train at the dojo, Sean? Uh, used used to be four times a week. Now it's twice. Still, that's pretty damn good. Impressive. There you go. All right, third Sean, Dan. Third yeah, Dan. Laker, uh, Sean Laker. Tom did actually appear for the pregame. Watch and unlike it. unlike Anderson Silva, I am not clumsy. I'm not clumsy in Taekwondo. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and get uh, he's, he's a Fugazi Taekwondo martial artist, Gerald. Just pointing that out there. So, I mean, if he wants to, if he wants to go at some point, I'll take him on too. <laughs> Sean versus the world. You, you, can laugh, you can laugh, Gerald. You I'm not laughing. You haven't seen me. So, if you want to laugh, you want to have a go, you just tell me when. You just My tell God. me when, man. My gosh, he's now challenging me. What's up with that? I'm not challenging you, but you and Joe have a good laugh at what I at me talking about this. Find out. We'll I'm, sta- I'm, I'm staying on Sean's good side. So I will kill I you until you die for that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, Stone, I've I've told I've told uh, Joe and uh, Gerald this before, and. By the way, I, I love you too. So the same rule applies. Anybody giving you problems, just email me or call me. Because I have discretionary. I know this guy to, named Darvin Ham. Discre- <laughs> he's, he's a big pain in the butt. Well, you know what? I, I, I would love to be like Furio and from The Sopranos and just knock on his door one day. I would love for that to happen, but it's not going to happen. Anybody has any problems out there? I've got discretionary money. You need a problem solved. I just renew my passport. Oh my God. Son! Can I borrow some money? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Uh, getting in trouble all the time, indeed. But once again, guys, you is there if there's anything you need, I'm here. Just email me and call me. Sean, can I have some money? No. I offer protect. <laughs> I'd offer protection, not money. I'm not even asking you, to be. I'm not. Ask, I'm not even asking to be paid. I'm flying out there at my own expense. That would be fun for me. And on that note, <laughs> once again, the Lakers do win. 145 to 144. We'll be back with more great content tonight at 11 p.m. in about half Gary, an hour. Gary Covington would just, oh my God, uh, it would be like Ed Norton on Jared Leto in Fight Club if, if Colby Covington got LeBron in the ring. Okay. And on that note, it is the Lakers winning 145 to 144 double overtime. We'll be back also tomorrow. More content here on the Lakers as we continue this Grammy trip. The Lakers start off 1-0. Will they continue their good fortunes on this Grammy trip? We'll find out. But glad to have you here. Big crowd tonight. Please, before you leave, like and subscribe. If you've not yet, please do so. We need all the help we can get to get us to that point where we can challenge and say the stuff we want to and that we can to Lakers Nation and they'll have to listen to us because we'll be as big as they are. But only you can do that for us by liking and subscribing today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. So for Sean, the Magic Man Grice, Joe Soro, <laughs> Sean versus Joe Vegas, and Stone Hansen, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. Stay tuned for a nightcap coming up in half an hour. And we'll be back for more this weekend as well, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.